welcome back to the Face Off Spot. This is your host, Adam Larson. We'd like to thank everybody for uh, tuning in to another episode. We uh, always appreciate it when you guys tune in. And as uh, usual, sponsored by Rube's Brews. Please check them out on Facebook and or Instagram. Um, we have a special episode here today. I know Matt Taylor doesn't like considering all the episodes to be special. But this one certainly is because we are recording from, and I hope I get this right, uh, New York Pizza and Pasta. It's a family-owned and operated Italian restaurant and bar. It's located at 10009 MacArthur Boulevard in Irving, Texas, very close to the Valley Ranch uh, ice rink, if any of the parents are listening. Um, but anyway, they allowed us to uh, record here today and uh, couldn't be more thankful and also couldn't be more thankful of the guests that we have today. Um, today we have, he's a well-known coach uh, around the Dallas-Fort Worth area and has also had uh, uh, a playing career himself, which we will certainly get into at a certain point. But anyway, um, my guest today for the podcast is uh, Trevor Hannes. Uh, Trevor, thank you for coming on. Thank you. I appreciate it, Adam. And uh, looking forward to the, our hour chat and talking about hockey and all sorts of good stuff here in Dallas. Yeah, well, um, you know, because I, I kind of, I, I like to give a, a little bit of a heads up to my guests, but a lot of the times the reason that I'm asking you specifically to come on is because a lot of people have told me that, hey, you know who you really need to have on. And this is kind of like a, a little game that I play now. It's like, no, who do I need to have on? And so there's been so many people that have said that I needed to have you on. So I know that it took a little bit of scheduling and we're both a little busy, but um, at the end of the day, I'm glad that we could sit down. And um, from everything I heard, I don't think it'll be too difficult for you to sit down and talk about hockey for an hour. Uh, oh. I, I don't think it will be too hard. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, this is my bread and butter. This is what I grew up with. And uh, been, I've been, you know, I've been playing from five years old all the way to about 30 and almost 30 and then got into coaching so yeah i've been coaching down here for a long time yeah well hey so um i like when people make really good transitions for me and um you have to kind of start this uh show off the same way that everybody else has to but i kind of want to talk about how you first got uh involved in the game um even from a perspective of like you haven't actually stepped on the ice yet so I kind of want you to go back before you even stepped on the ice. Was it uh, a family member that got you involved? Uh, did you just see it and wanted to play? Mm -hmm. um, uh, can you kind of talk about how you just first got um, uh, involved in, in any way before you start playing? So first, I, I grew up in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. It's like the coldest place on earth. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, so in the wintertime, all, we, all of us male athletes, I mean, all we're, all we're watching, all we're surrounded by is hockey. Yep. And um, so obviously the weather and where I came from had a lot to do with the game. Um, but ever since I was about three years old, I mean, the hockey would be on TV and I'd watch Hockey Night in Canada. And, uh -huh. and I'd just be dialed into this game. They're so fast. They're so interesting to me at a, at a really young age. And um, so I wanted, I just, I, I took a liking to it right away. Right. So probably about three or four, um, you know, I started to play with the mini sticks and, mm -hmm. and start to go outside and play street hockey or we call it shinny up in Canada. Yep. And I uh, started to do that. And then, and then obviously there's a, there's an outdoor rink ice, like two blocks away from my house. And then there's another one about five blocks away. So we're surrounded by this stuff. And so I got into hockey at about, about four is when I started skating mm -hmm. and then got my mom and dad put me into like a park and rec you know, league at, at or, or like an in-house uh, kind of team at five. And then I just worked my way up from there. At, at five, I, I took a liking to the game and, you know, kind of got good at it. And then all of a sudden I got into travel hockey in my city, in my yeah. own town, uh, by about seven. And I played the high level. Uh, back then, it'd be just, you'd play for your area. Of, of, there'd be like districts of your yeah. city. Mm -hmm. So you'd have to play for your area and you'd try out for 
basically how it would work is you try out for the top team in your district. Yep. And then if you didn't make that, you'd go to the second or third tier team. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I always made that, that top tier team. Yep. And um, that's kind of where it all started. It yeah. started back in Regina, Saskatchewan. So. Well, yeah, and it's funny because, you know, I feel like when I have uh, guys like you on, uh, you know, from Canada and then, you know, kind of go on to play, uh, you know, higher level hockey, it's kind of a, a little bit different because, like, your organization isn't just an organization. It's actually, like, your hometown. Like you're actually representing your area. And I, I feel like I've talked to some people before that that was like a huge kind of sense of pride for them because it's not just an organization that you might, you know, uh, move around a little bit. You know, you would move from team to team, maybe uh, just as far as uh, experience or, or certain skill level. But for the most part, you are representing like where you're from, which was kind of added a little bit more uh, uh, of a competitive nature to that travel uh, aspect, if you will. Well, and that's the thing too. Like we had rivalries. Um, uh, like we were the North Enders. I came from the North side, right? So yeah. we would have, I, I think there was probably around seven or eight different teams and sections of the city. So you'd have probably an 18 league just in this, in, in our city. Yeah. And, uh, so we'd always want to beat the South siders and we'd always want to beat the guys on the East end. Mm-hmm. And so there was, yeah, there's major rivalries internally, like in the city. Yeah. But, um, as we, as I got a little bit older by, um, it would have been probably Bantam's, um, I guess midget. Well, I didn't play midget hockey, but at, in my hometown by Bantam major or midget is when they kind of take the best guys in the city yep. and make a team. They condense it a yep. little bit they more. They condense it, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's so. kind of just like at that point, it's the cream of the crop. But yep. I'm, I'm assuming that you were um, you were a part of that uh, rising to the top. Uh, yeah, I, I was. And um, uh, back then, it was kind of different. And, uh, the, the age group kind of ran a little different. So so when I played my Bantam tri- uh, AAA year, my Bantam major year, yep. um, I was actually a 15-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they kind of changed the, the, the ages of, of, the, of uh, you know, the Bantam and the Peewee level. Right. I mean, it's kind of, re- you know, revolved a little bit throughout the years. But so my 15-year-old year, I played Bantam AAA uh, locally. And then I made the jump uh, straight to major junior mm-hmm. from, from Bantam. Oh, um, oh, I actually okay. bypassed midget AAA. Really? Yeah. Did and you look, have to go through any process, or did you have to be picked well, up certain? So, so how it worked was I got back then there wasn't even a Bantam draft in a WHL. Okay. Um, you know, I got I got I started in the Western Hockey League in '91. Okay. And um, so back in the mid to late '80s, um, the way the Western Hockey League worked was, uh, in uh, instead of a Bantam draft, it was a lot of these teams would go around to the to the local rinks and around the area. And you start scouting peewee players. Okay. And um, the way it worked was if you were 13 and if a team really liked you, they can list you on, they could put you on their list. Uh, but if you were 13, you would take up three spots on their 50-man protected list. Oh. Because they, they, would, they would protect a young kid at that young age. Right, right. Um, if you turn 14, you would, take up, you would take up two spots. And then once you turn 15, you would just take up the one spot. Oh, okay, so, okay. I, so, yeah. So okay. basically the teams... Um, if you're kind of good when you're young, they would, they would, you know, they would, they would take the three spots to, to fill their 50 man roster with a young kid looking at the potential. Right. Yeah. And, um, so that's kind of how it worked before this Bantam draft started getting going, uh, in, the, in the early nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how it worked out for me, Adam was, um, I got listed by my hometown, the Regina Pats, um, when I just turned, actually it was just a little bit before my 14th birthday. So I, um, I was uh, a January 20th birthday, and I got listed like uh, right into the new year. Mm-hmm. So about two weeks before my 14th birthday, I was 13 when they, when they listed me. 
And uh, so I took up three spots there up to start. And then once I turned 14, like I said, it was, it was the two spots. And then, so um, fast forward a couple of years after my Bantam year, I made the jump straight to the to the Regina Pats at 16. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, that was that was quite a jump. Well, I mean, because the the level of hockey is quite different. Well, okay. So so when you enter that, because I kind of like to always, um, you know, I don't always have people uh, on the show that have been in you know the position that you've been in before. But mm-hmm. how much of that was you feeling like, hey, I'm prepared for this, I'm ready for this, like I've trained for this, and how much of it was just kind of like, okay, like what have I gotten? Because there has to be like a little bit of both, no or. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking back, and I'm like, so my, my passion, my goal was to always play for the Regina Pats because yep. I grew up watching them. I mean, yep. I was our, that was kind of like our NHL team there. Right. So um, when I got to training camp, and my goal definitely was to make it at 16, mm-hmm. but do you always think as a kid, are you always ready physically? Right, right, yeah. Mentally, are you ready? Yeah. Um, you know, I always had some really good seasons at my Bantam years and my Pee Wee years, um, but, you know, yeah, my goal was definitely to make it and then, um, uh, Brad Tippett, who was a coach at the time, Dave Tippett's brother, um, he he basically told me, he says, hey, you got a spot to lose on this team going to the training camp. So he, he obviously wanted me to show well, and, and, and if I did, I, I had a spot. Yeah. So I was definitely um, geared and excited to make the team mm-hmm. uh, out of out of training camp and out of the preseason. And um, so that's that was my goal at that time. And you know, coming through, you know, going through that process of playing at 16, making that huge jump from band. That's huge. To, to People don't realize, I think, that are listening that that is like a huge, yeah. huge jump. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I was playing in front of 20, 30 people with, you know, parents and friends uh, <laughs> yeah. six months ago. And now I'm playing in front of five, six, seven thousand people. Yeah. yeah. And not only that, uh, you know, I'm 16, weighing 165 pounds, and I'm playing against 18, 19 year olds who are NHL drafted. Yeah. And they're 200 pounds. Yeah. Like it's a completely different animal. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so for me at 16, it was a, it was it was it was a tough year. Like it was not, you know, because I was a guy who scored a lot. I got a lot of points. I was an offensive guy, and yeah, and that that slowed down quite a bit because of you know, me going on to a to this different level. And yeah. um, having to make adjustments. Yeah, so. yeah. But did did you feel like though that kind of um, did it feel like it kind of saved you uh, when we talk about like condensing? Like, do you feel like your time though was condensed? Do you feel like you improved and got better at a faster rate because of you kind of making that leap? Like, in in retrospect, do you feel like it, it improved you or or made you better quicker or how? Well, I would so in my experience, I would say that. I think it kind of hurt me a little bit. You think so? I, I think in my personal experience. Now, um, some kids, I mean, if they're physically ready, mm-hmm. um, if they're mentally ready, I mean, it was nice for me to play at home because I still got to be at home and sleep in my own bed and all right. that was all good. I just, it did, I remember losing quite a bit of confidence uh-huh. that year yep. because of the fact that I was a go-to guy mm-hmm. for many years. You weren't you were playing your role that yeah, you used I was, to. Yeah, I, I was in a lot of key situations. Yep. And then I go to a team where, Heck, I mean, sometimes I get to the hockey rink and uh, you you look and you walk into the locker room and your your jersey's not hung in your stall. You're not yep. playing that night. You're a healthy scratch. You're mm-hmm. eating popcorn. Yeah, that's like that. That's that's a confidence killer. Yeah, and um, it 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 kind of I never had to ever deal with something like that before. Yeah. Um. So I look back at my situation and I probably should have definitely played a year mid to AAA mm-hmm. and then made the jump to the Pats at 17. Yeah, and probably kind of you know, got into there and, you know, possibly been a top six forward at that time at, at 17. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
just for my uh, confidence uh, mentally uh, and also physically and, and just for my development, I think it would have been a better. Yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of kids that come into the league at 16. They get a decent amount of ice time. Uh-huh. They have a good year. They have a good experience. And they roll into their 17-year-old year. Yeah, yeah. And and I don't, because um, I've always kind of had this idea, and I know that this doesn't apply 100% of the time, but I almost, in talking to, you know, let's say that I have, you know, kids I'm giving lessons to and parents that are coming to me and they're they're asking for advice, I really feel like a kid, unless you're just top, top, top elite the whole time, I always feel like at some point a kid is going to hit that kind of scenario that that you had to go through Mm -hmm. where you're the top guy for the longest time but then all of a sudden you're not and then how do you react to that and i feel like sometimes that is the you know biggest fork in the road if you want to Mm -hmm. call it because some kids don't know how to adapt to that because they were just like you said they were the guy for so Mm -hmm. long and sometimes when you see parents saying like oh this young kid say you know kids uh 11 or 12 let's say he's a younger kid it's like well we really to be honest with you we don't know how he's going to battle through the first time and we don't know when that's going to be it could be next year when he tries to make uh you know an elite team or or this or that but like we still don't know how he's going to react to not being the guy or that person and i feel like each player kind of has to go through their own process like that i can remember playing with a bunch of kids that you know we're supposed to be the next greatest thing and then all yep. of a sudden they they you know leave to go play somewhere because i'm kind of from a small town yep. but they leave to go play somewhere and then they come back and they're just they're different they're just shook and yep. it's like what happened man like what's going on you know and yeah. it, it's just you they never had to actually like hit that wall before mm-hmm. or try and figure it out on the you know second or third line so mm-hmm. i feel like that process and how you handle it's always really important yeah and i and i think too like uh i know my like we can probably get in a little bit more, but my older son here that was from is grew up here with the with the Stars Elite. He made the jump to Portland at sixteen, but uh, and it worked out pretty well for him. But I will yeah. say this: the positives that I got from my situation was, I got to play in the league at sixteen. I got yeah. the experience. I came back the following year as a veteran mm-hmm. in the league, so I kind of had that veteran presence. Yep. Um, and um, you kind of. You know, you kind of had to get that rookie year out of the way. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, sort of yeah. deal. Yeah. And it did prepare me a little bit more as far as getting ready for my that draft year, my 17-year-old year, my draft year. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get that one year of experience under your belt in the league. Yeah. But on the other side of it, I would say a lot of it kind of really depends on the coach. Mm-hmm. And because the coach is really the key. Because if he wants to, I mean, at that level, Adam, they're... They're trying to win hockey games. It's yep. their job. Yep. I mean, if they don't win hockey games, they're fired. Right. Yeah. And they got to put food on the table for the family, and they got to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all about winning. Yep. And I saw it real early on that it, it was a business. It was no longer youth hockey. Yeah. Uh-huh, Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. 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 And yeah. Um, if I had to sit in the stands that day because he felt like an older guy could take my spot to go win a hockey game, yeah. that's what was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, for my son's situation and. You know, many other kids' situations, a lot of it depends on the organization and the coach. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my boy Cross is in a really good situation in Portland with the Winterhawks. Yeah. And uh, Coach Mike Johnston, who's a, who's a great hockey coach and great hockey mind, and he's he he really knows how to develop young kids yep. and put them through the system and, uh, and really uh, uh, bring them along uh, slowly, but in a way where they're still getting, uh, you know, a, a good amount of ice time and, yeah and uh the confidence is still building yeah and uh putting them in situations to succeed yeah and so that's so on the flip side of it that's kind of what happened with my older boy 
was that and and it's worked out well for him. Yeah, no, that's great. And uh yeah, just from you know, I uh I'd like to think that for the most part I try and keep my I don't know what you call it, finger on the pulse of the Dallas Fort Worth uh yeah. community, but there was just a lot of people that were really, really proud of him. Yeah. Um and it was just really cool. And I, I, I think that part of that is the cool thing I think about the Dallas Fort Worth like hockey community is that even though there's like so many teams and so many organizations, you know, if anybody is able to kind of, you know, make it, everybody's proud, even though everybody competes and everybody's trying to whatever at the end of the day, when they see that happen and they see kids getting drafted, it's just, they feel like they're all doing, you know, it's like, we're all doing well because we're, we're all creating this atmosphere in this community where this type of stuff can happen because you know, I, I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. you know, played travel hockey growing up. So I, I, I played a lot of the Dallas teams because they were always in our uh, division or uh, ta. I played ta hockey, I guess we'll just call it that. Um, but it was one of those things where that wasn't happening. I'm 35, but that wasn't happening when I was playing, you know, uh, down here, if you will. Gotcha. And, yeah. and to, to just kind of see that that happen is mm-hmm. just it's really cool. So there's a lot of people that are, are, are really proud of him. And I hope uh, I think you are, too, probably. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I mean, he's still got a long ways to go, but you're right. Um, the, the hockey community down here is, is small, yeah. even though there's a lot of organizations and there's a lot of kids playing. But um yeah, it, it, and it really encourages a lot of the young kids down here that, um, you know, someone like uh, my boy Cross, who came up through the, the Dallas uh, Stars Elite system mm-hmm. all the way up from mites, mites to midget, yep. um, that can go major junior and have success and be an NHL draft pick. Um, you know, it, it gives them a lot of incentive. Yeah. It gives uh-huh. them a lot of uh, uh, hope and, and uh, you know, not only are they proud for Cross and where he's gone, but also the fact that, they feel like they can get there too, which they can. They can, no, absolutely. And they had, because um, the, the, the Stars Elite, they uh, had kind of like a social media uh, post or whatever, but it kind of broke down, uh, and I don't know if you saw this, but it kind of just broke down the numbers of how many kids ended up playing, you know, NCAA and how many uh-huh. of them ended up playing, you know, uh, Major Junior, how many of them. And the numbers, you know, they, they speak for themselves. Yep. And I mean, to think that, you know, uh, hockey is great in a southern community, if you will, is just, uh, nothing but nothing but good things. So I just I, I really think that that's uh, that's great. But um, anyway, um, I did want to kind of get back into your okay. um, your playing path or your yeah. playing career because uh, you're getting to the point now where um, you're playing juniors. Uh, but w- can you kind of walk me through that transition of when you kind of start thinking about um, taking that professional step and then what that step actually uh, ends up looking like? Well, in my experience, so I'll kind of give you a little. Uh, what happened in my situation but uh um so I got into my 17 year old year I knew that summer Adam after my 16 year old year which was kind of a like I said it was a it was it was a trying year for me for sure mm-hmm. um but I knew I had to put on more weight I knew I back then in the early 90s oh we we really didn't know how to train I mean right. we didn't like compared to nowadays uh, oh yeah all yeah, the hockey yeah. specific stuff off the ice and what to train and mm-hmm. to train the, the core and the and the legs and we didn't know. I mean, yeah. I, I was just kind of like out there on my own, <laughs> yeah, trying, yeah. trying to get yeah. stronger uh-huh. and, you know, not really knowing what to do. But anyway, yeah. bottom line is I knew I had to put more weight on. Mm-hmm. I was 165 pounds and I, I was getting thrown around out there yeah. from, you know, guys 190 to 200 to 210 pounds. So I trained a lot that summer, uh, put on weight, put on muscle. And then I was going into my draft year uh, in Regina. And, and um, so I, I had a, I, I thought I had a really good year. Like I, I put up a lot of numbers. I got to play a lot more, mm-hmm. um, a lot more situational stuff and power play. And 
Uh, so I was ranked to go in the draft. I was like third round of the draft, early third round. And uh, back then there was 12 rounds in the NHL draft. And, and uh, so what happened was um, we had a really good run in the playoffs. And, and I had a really good year and as a 17-year-old and got interviewed by multiple NHL teams prior to the draft and did the combine thing mm-hmm. and yep. uh, did all that. And, and uh, yeah, draft day came and uh, there's a lot of Europeans that were taken. I mean, that was a year where the Euros were starting to kind of really come over yeah, and, uh-huh. and, and that the, they were getting drafted a lot more. And so I ended up not getting drafted. Yeah. And was this uh, probably early nineties or the 93, 93. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 93. Right. And um, so that was a really big setback for me. Cause I mean, that was, that was my goal was to be NHL drafted. And okay. I was ranked to go in the third round, but you know, obviously they're, they're pre-ranking stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that hurt me a lot as far as just, you know, taking me back a little bit and, yep. But I did end up going to uh, uh, Detroit Red Wings camp. Mm-hmm. They checked me there as a free agent, and I got to spend uh, uh, about 12 days there. Yep. And got to uh, play, you know, uh, scrimmage and play with guys like Keith Primo, uh, yeah, yeah, Dallas yeah. Drake. Yeah. And actually, that was the first year in Detroit where Scotty Bowman was the coach. Mm-hmm. He came there in 93. And so, yeah, I, 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 th- I thought I had a good uh, 12 uh, days there. Yep. Uh, we got to play against the Toronto Maple Leafs, kind of like their minor and junior guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we bust up to uh, Maple Leaf Gardens and played there for two. Uh, I, I'm sorry, played a game there, and I got a couple points there. And then we played back at Joe Louis Arena and, and had a couple points. So, long story short, is I thought I, I started kind of okay, and then then really got better as the camp wore on. Yep. And uh, so I'm sitting there as an 18 year old in the in the office uh, with Scotty Bowman uh, behind the desk, uh-huh. and um, oh, the GM who's now the GM in Edmonton. Oh, Holland. Uh, Ken Holland. Yep. Holland. Ken Holland back then in '93 was just a uh, scout for Detroit. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he was the guy that kind of brought me in. So he's standing and he's sitting over here, and Scotty Bowman's behind the behind the office uh, desk. And I'm just a kid, and I know who these guys are, and I'm like, you know, I'm nervous yeah. and scared. Trying to do your best. Yeah, trying to do my best, right? <laughs> and uh, yep. so anyway, they just told me they said, "Hey, we're not going to sign you. Um, you're you're only 18." Uh, we got to get a lot of guys on a contract. If you go back to junior and score 40 goals, they said we really uh, would be looking to draft you the following year. So that summer I got traded from Regina and got traded to Saskatoon Blades. Mm-hmm. So it, it was good. I, I, I graduated high school, so it was good for me to get out of my hometown a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh-huh. kind of get on my own. And grow a little bit. Yeah, grow a little bit. Exactly. So um, so that's where I went. And then Saskatoon was a great, I had a great 18-year-old year. It was, it was just a really tight-knit team. Yep. A lot of great guys, and um, we got all the way to the um, um, we got all the way to the league championship final. It was Game Seven against Kamloops Blazers, uh-huh. and uh, so I had a really good year. I was like, uh, I was in the you know one of the top centermen on the team. I had a, I think I ended up with like seventy seven points and had a good year. I yeah, mean, it was it was a great year, and uh, so. I got to tell you a little bit of story about that year. Oh, no, yeah, no, this is what it's here for. This is this what, what, yeah, yeah, this so, is what we're here for. It, it, it's a great story. So we got a really good team throughout the season. We got, and there's a bunch of those guys off that team that did make the NHL. But um, we get all the way to Kamloops, and, and we're, it's, it's Saskatoon versus Kamloops. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it's, a, it's a best of seven. So the first two games are in Kamloops, and then it goes, so it's 2-3-2. Two, two. Mm-hmm. two in Kamloops, three in Saskatoon, two back in, in Kamloops, best of seven. So we go down to Kamloops, we bust it through the mountains of British Columbia. It's about a, oh, I'm going to say from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, maybe a 17-hour bus ride, maybe more. Yep. It's long. Yep. It's long. Anyway, 
Canlip's Blazers had an amazing hockey team that year. Um, they they had some kind of home uh, undefeated home streak at home. They hadn't lost in like thirty four games or something. It was it was an insane number. Yeah, yeah. And um, they were just really really good. Like, if I had mentioned a lot of guys on that team, you'd be like, wow. Like, yeah, yeah. Probably all after that team playing in the NHL. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy. So. We go there for games one and two, boom, boom, we get we get beat. I mean, it doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. So we're down 2-0, we're going back to Saskatoon. We win game three to make it at least a series. And then game four, they beat us in Saskatoon. So now they're up 3-1. And then game five, see, we had a lot of fight in our team. We didn't, like, we could have easily folded and just said, you know what, we're not making that bus ride back to Canada. Right. Why? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We're done. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean... These guys were, we were so close as a family and as a team. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we just dug deep and we, we, we wanted to beat this team. Yeah. And we went into game five at home and beat them. We, we scored with like two seconds left. There was a tie game. We scored with two seconds left to win the game. Yeah. So we got game five. So now we're down 3-2, but we got to go back to Kamloops for game six and seven. Mm-hmm. And it don't look good. They right, lost yeah, yeah, in like yeah, 35 yeah. games. Right. So here's a funny story. So we get into the bus. We, 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 we load up the bus. And we uh, were down at Saskatchewan Place, down in the rink. And uh, Lauren Mulliken was our coach. He used to coach in the NHL for a little bit with Pittsburgh, Chicago, San Jose. Great coach, great guy. And we're all on the bus. And back then, none of us had cell phones. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, our coach did. Like, it was, cell phones were just starting to come in. It's right. 1994, right. right? So we're all on the bus. And, I mean, our chances of winning a game in Kansas is like, Hardly any any percentage. Yeah, all, and you right? had to go too. Yeah, yeah, and we got to go. So, all of a sudden, we're at the back of the bus. I'll never forget this as long as I live. And all of a sudden, Lauren Mulliken is on his phone because he had the newspaper in his hand because everything was communicated by newspaper. Yeah, like internet, there was no internet. Yeah, yeah. Some some people that are listening will remember yeah. these times. Yes, it, it's newspaper. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. The, our guy in Saskatoon, who's the newspaper guy that like did all the write ups for the Blades, mm-hmm. he makes an article about us in the, in, uh, in, the, in the newspaper in Saskatoon. And he basically said, in, in a roundabout way, he kind of said, I don't know why Saskatoon Blades are even going to Kamloops. Um, they've got no chance. Uh, it's, it's not even worth their while, blah, blah, blah. Right. And he says, if they happen to pull this series out, he goes, I'll get a tattoo of the, the Blades emblem on my rear end. Oh, that's Like cool. he really yeah, yeah, said yeah. that in the yeah. paper. Yes. So Lauren Mulliken just blew a gasket yeah he gets on the phone and he calls this this writer up and he just reams him out on the phone right and we're in the back of the bus and we're just like what's going on and this and our coach went off on this guy for about five to seven minutes on the phone (laughs) saying you don't believe in our team you don't believe we can do it yeah yeah so then once he got off the phone we found out what the whole situation was now we're sitting back there on the bus, uh, all 25 of us guys, and and we got a 15-hour bus ride, and we're like, dude, like, guys, like, our coach believes we can win. Right, he's upset. He's, like, he's, yeah. he's, he thinks we can win this. Yeah, yeah. Like, so that gave us more, even more belief. Like, he was, like, totally for us. I was like, oh, we yeah, can do yeah, this. Yeah. And um, so we get into Kamloops. Like I said, they hadn't lost in, like, forever right. at home. They're, they're unbelievable. They're yeah. the best team in Canada. Right. We go into game six, sold out Riverside Coliseum, like 7,000 people. And we hold them to as 1-1 going after three periods. So we go into overtime. First overtime, no score. Mm-hmm. Second overtime, no score. Like this, this game is like tight. Right. Third overtime, 
And so it's it's one of those hockey moments that you won't forget as a hockey player. Right. So I'm on the left side uh, taking a draw against Darcy Tucker. Uh, <laughs> okay. With the, right. the, with the Canvas Blazers. Yeah. Passmore was their goalie. He played a little bit with Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yep, yep. Yeah. I'm, so um, Mark Watton was our captain. And I'm like, usually I'd win that draw back, like where Waddy would be more on the point kind of towards the boards. Yep. But for some reason, I just said, Waddy, I said, come stand like right behind me on the top of the circle. I'm going to win it back between my legs. Mm-hmm. So he did, okay, okay, I'll move up, I'll move up. So puck drops. I win the draw clean. Mm-hmm. Like it, I just want it clean from Tucker. Right. It went right to Waddy's stick, and he snapped the puck, short side, far side post and in. We win. And this is triple overtime? Triple overtime in Kamloops. You can hear a mouse squeak in that right. place. Yeah. Like everyone is like... They didn't know what to They do. don't even have any music playing. They were like, oh, it was yeah. like, yeah. and you can just hear uh, us guys screaming because we're like, yeah, we just like, but that's the best it. sound. That's oh, the best sound. They all walked out of there. Everyone walked out of there. It was so quiet. Yeah. It was like someone just, <laughs> yeah. so we get game six and we're like, we're just fired up. Right. So now, um, I, I, I remember like, I remember it was such a, uh, the next night was game seven, the way the WHL had it scheduled, which was. Yep. Brutal. I, I don't think that should ever happen. You should always have a game. <laughs> right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Especially when you can have it. Exactly. And yeah. especially when you have triple overtime. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like, oh. Yeah. Now do it again here. We yeah. go we go have a bite to eat as a team. We go back to the hotel. And I remember calling my mom and dad on the payphone because the only way my mom and dad could, they can't watch the game. Mm-hmm. They can only listen to the game on radio. Yeah. So what my mom and dad did was um, Saskatoon's AM station was my hometown, Regina, the Saskatoon is about two and a half hour drive. Mm-hmm. Okay. In order for my mom and dad to listen to my hockey games, they would have to drive in the dead of winter. They would have to go through about 20 miles. Um, there was a town called Lumsden. They'd have to go through the valley and go on the other side of the, the valley. Yeah. And they could start to get reception of that radio station towards Saskatoon, but they would just park their car and stay in their car and listen to the game on the side of the road. Dude, that is, yeah. That that's, but yeah, I mean, I know we're explaining things. People that, don't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but, that, that, but that's like next level. I mean, that's that, next level. that is absolutely yeah. next level. So my mom and dad would always listen to my games. They could not, there was no computers, there right. was no laptops, yeah. there was no yeah. um, internet. Yeah. And so my mom and dad, to listen to the Saskatoon games, they had to drive and they did this every game. Oh, this is crazy. Yeah. They did this every game and they... They had to go through the valley, though. The valley is about 20 minutes away. Yeah. And they had to get on the other side of the valley towards Saskatoon. Yeah. And then they, they got up maybe a few miles past the valley, and then they can get reception of the game. Yeah. So they sat in their truck, and it's, I mean, so you got to keep the truck running. Running, yeah, minus yeah, yeah. 30, minus yeah. 35 out. Yeah. And they're sitting in their truck for five, four or five hours. Yeah. Well, hey, I, I, bet they, the I bet they had it all figured out, though. Hey, this is yeah. <laughs> exactly, this is how much gas we need. This is how long yeah. the game is. This yeah. is where you, this is the best reception. And but that. that but that's like when we talk about like hockey parents and just in general and just not just hockey parents. But I think we can just relate to parents in general, but just the things that they, you know, do and the sacrifices uh, that they make to make I, sure I, that. I, I, I can't thank my mom and dad enough for what they've done to me. Just give me the opportunity. And I, I tell my kids and my players all the time. I said, you guys, you don't take anything for granted. Yeah. You be thankful to your parents daily for what they're doing and the sacrifice that they're doing for you to be playing this game yeah. and being able to take you to the rink. And, uh, you know, you, you come to the rink. I always tell my players, my teams, when you walk through those doors, we're going to do two things. We're going to work our rear ends off and we're going to pay attention to detail. We're going to get better. Yeah. And that's it. And, uh, so I'm really, I'm really full throttle about that. Um, yeah. Cause I, I know where I've come from. Mm-hmm. I know what I've gone through and I know 
you know what my mom and dad sacrificed i i come from a family of five i'm i'm one of five yeah i yeah. mean you know dad had two jobs just to make ends meet mom's i mean mom was home cooking everything like there was no going out and eating right i yep. never i never went out and ate yeah I mean, just we never did it yeah um but they'd always make sure that i had the you know the best stick or yep. or the best skates at the time because my, my dad saw that he wanted that i wanted it and i had i had talent in the game well does that make sense yeah no it does and i i think one thing and i i try and um I think I try and speak up to this as, as often as I can, but uh, for me, I felt like it was, it was it's kind of tough when you're younger, um, you know, you're in your mites or, you know, peewee level yeah. to, to actually understand, like, how much your parents are giving up to travel with you and to take oh, their yeah. weekends off and to do all these things. Like, you, because, you know, let's say you start playing, you know, competitive hockey at a young age, let's say six, seven, yeah. you know, at that age, you're just thinking like, okay, this is what I do. This is what my, my parents are into. Like, this is... But you don't realize it until I think you get a little bit older, and I think it maybe it even took me longer than that. Yeah. But to realize just just the the sacrifice and and the you know you don't understand it sometimes when you're younger. So I do think sometimes it's up for the coach to be like, hey guys, like communicate it. Well, it, it sometimes it's the coach to communicate it to their players, like, yes. hey, not only is this my time, but like this is certainly your parents' time and money. And you know, if you if you showed up to the rink, it was because you know, at least with certain age groups, because your parents brought you here and because yeah. they scheduled this yeah. and because they paid for this ice time. And if you want to waste that time and effort mm -hmm. and money, like I can promise you that I'm not okay with that as your coach yeah. and they're not going to be okay yeah. with that as your parents. Well, Adam, I can honestly say I've been, so I've been coaching down here 18 years and almost every road trip that we make, every tournament that we go on, mm -hmm. pretty much most of the time I mention that on to every, every road trip. Yeah. I, I mentioned that guys, you guys got to understand that your mom and dad are here this weekend with you for four days. Yeah. It's going to probably cost them overall with the, with the hotel and rental cars. It's going to be over $2,000. Yep. Uh, guaranteed. Yeah. I said, you owe it to them. You got to, you guys got to understand what they're doing for you. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. All they're asking is for a year very, to do your very best. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's not asking that much. Mm -mm. And then for you to be thankful for the opportunity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, they get it. I mean, but, I, I pretty much have communicated that almost every road trip. Yeah. Well, yeah, just to let them know. Well, and it's like, I know that there's expectations of, you know, uh, being a young hockey player playing travel hockey. It's not always the easiest. You have to put your time and your work and your effort into it. Um, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, compared to, you know, so many kids that that wouldn't even be an option for them. You know, like we're so lucky just to even have the yeah. chance to, to be able to do something like that. But I think I think at the end of the day, like I still am grateful and i do think that i was grateful at the time because it's just um you know your travel hockey family if you will like it, it's uh it's kind of like a next level thing you know and it's like a real family and it yeah. becomes uh you know you go to you go to the weddings and you go to the yeah. you know it's just uh these are kind of like lifelong friends but yeah. with you coaching so long down here because i did want to kind of get into your uh coaching a little bit but we kind of talk about uh the teams that you're coaching right now mm -hmm. yeah uh, so the teams that I have currently right now, I've got uh, the Dallas Stars Elite uh, 2011s. Okay, 2011. Uh, so they're squirt majors. Right. Um, locally, we're playing at the Pee Wee AA level. So it's because, I mean, we're, we're a very talented team for our age. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so locally, uh, because we did very well in that leveling tournament, um, they pushed us up to the, the AA, uh, Pee Wee AA, which is, is it, it's been good for us. Mm -hmm. Um you know, we're very competitive with the bottom half teams at the, yep. at the, the double A level. Yep. Um, 
primarily all those players though, and all the, and all those teams are all birth year oh nines. They're two years older. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Well, I mean, and, can, just... and can you? Because uh, real quick, and because I feel like we have to, or I feel like uh, it's important to kind of explain what this is because um, to a lot of people that don't understand, you guys are essentially set up to play uh, teams and and kids that are older within a certain league that you are in i know yeah. i probably didn't say that the best but so the way the stars elite works is we we, we really get them we we, we picked up the, the best birth year kids in, yes. the, in the metroplex within that one year yeah in that birth year so yeah. you don't have a younger and older it's just yeah it's just, just it's usually it, every every team is just a birth year yep uh we do have a, a few pos a, a few kids that have um that have moved up uh if, if we feel like they're really good and can compete at a high level where they're in the top you know, five forwards or top three defensemen, right. we'll move them up. But there's only a few of those. But anyway, so we're all a birth year 11 team. And locally, we got to play kids that are older to get that 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 competition. Right, yep. Mm-hmm. If not, we're just, you know, it's not going to be fun for anybody. And now right. we're winning games by 10, 12 goals. Yep. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's no one's developing. Right, right? yep. So this PWAA level, locally... Um, like I said, the bottom half teams uh, we're very competitive with. Yep. Um, but the other half, the, the top half of the teams, I mean, they're just they're they're just better. Uh-huh, yeah, they're yeah. older, they're stronger, yeah. Yeah. just everything. It's a law of physics, right? Yeah. So, um, but it does prepare us and help us when we go on these AAA eleven uh, tournaments. Because you're um, playing birth year to birth year, you're playing straight birth year across. to birth year up in Pittsburgh and Detroit, yeah. wherever we're going, Boston. Yeah. Um, but this level here, because we're out of our comfort zone. And we got to really, you know, you don't got five seconds with the puck. You yeah. got one second with yeah. the puck yeah. or half a second with the puck. Yeah. Um, it's, it's pushing us uh, locally. Uh, so when we go on to these tournaments, we can, you can, you can play that level. Well, and it's, it's funny because uh, this was kind of new to me uh, before I came down and, and I moved down here. But once it was kind of explained to me, uh, it made a little bit more sense. But it's been kind of funny because uh, obviously the, we've had multiple uh, elite teams played down. Uh, in Mansfield, but like you said, most of the time they're smaller because they're younger. So you can see them just really being like, okay, we have to play super smart. And a lot of the times, like yeah. they're playing smart hockey, they're yeah. playing really disciplined. But it's just funny that that um, size difference yeah, or that, that you know that size, age. Yeah. It's just you can just see yeah. it, and it, it's yeah. not that you know. There, there's times where the, the elite teams have just really well. Like you can tell they're playing really well positionally and all the things, but there's just some games that you're like, you're just not big enough yet. Yeah. Like yeah. And it, it's just, it, and, and I'm not going to say it's hard to see because you know what the expectation is. And, you know, I think that you understand that it, mm-hmm. it ends up making them better for, uh, you know, the tournaments where you are playing just kind of like straight sure. across for those other uh, ones. But that was just something that was new to me because yeah. it, it wasn't something that I had uh, ever kind of been across before because yeah. there wasn't enough hockey to do that I feel like before yeah. but now there's so much so yeah no and it's one thing it's, it's it, our guys um they can move the puck and they can make plays at the puck but it's hard to get into the offensive house and get in yeah, front of the uh-huh. net and yeah. just get that yeah. that shot away uh-huh. uh because everyone's just so bigger and stronger and longer yeah. stick longer well, reach, uh, I was, well so yeah. I, I was about to say like I feel like almost when I'm watching it a lot of it is like the reach I mean yeah. everything that you said it's too but it, it's like you you think about it it's like you're you're at a, such a disadvantage because just out in a different you know yeah uh like if i can reach it's kind of like boxing you know yeah. what i mean if somebody has a, a reach of x amount it's like well how am i gonna like I how you know it's yeah. just a, a huge disadvantage there but uh i always feel like the the kids are skating good and uh i'm, I'm glad that worked out well i do want to uh talk about your um uh go back to your 
uh, playing career a little okay. bit. I yeah. kind of want to talk about, uh, you know, when you kind of started playing pro, I think you played a couple different professional leagues. You also had a uh, little stint in Tulsa, which yeah. I always like to pump uh, Tulsa up as much as I can being sure. from there. Uh, but anyway, can you kind of just talk about your uh, sure. your, your playing career? Uh, playing so pro? I, I'm just going to just, just back up to that game seven. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can yeah, go back. No, yeah. let's go back there because yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to leave people hanging here. Oh, yeah, we did. Or we, I did. No, that's okay. Yeah, it's I okay. Did. But game it. six, we win. And um, and we're all excited. And I remember I remember going to the hotel room, talking to my mom and dad. And and we, you know, when you got a lot of adrenaline, oh, yeah. and it's hard to get to bed, and you're tossing and turning, and before you know it, it's four in the morning. And so anyway, we got into game seven, and it just didn't work out our way. Yeah. We're, we're down one nothing after one, and then they they had a really big second period, and we end up losing seven one. But to fast forward about a month later, they ended up. They ended up winning the Memorial Cup. They went to Hall, Quebec, and won the Memorial Cup. Mm-hmm. And um, I talked to some of the players after, and they said that we were the second best team in Canada. They were we were the hardest team that they had to face. Right, like we were harder than any of the teams in the Memorial Cup that yeah. won the OHL and won the Quebec Junior Hockey League. Mm-hmm. So that was good to hear. So we ended up losing it, but we did win that one game to break the ice uh, for their home streak. So fast forward after my career in the WHL. Um, I had all the school money to go to school. I had uh, five years for it. So when you play major junior hockey, you get one year of school paid for for every year you play. Oh, okay. So I had five years. I played five years in the league. I had five years of school money um, but to play university hockey and, and, and take classes and get my tuition and, and my schooling paid for. But the way the rules worked was I had a half a year to go try pro mm-hmm. and make my decision before January or de- uh, December 31st. So... And I'm like, well, I wanted to go try pro. I just, I mean, that was back then. That was kind of the thing to do. I wanted to still try and make it. And, and I want to come to the U.S. and, you know, try and make, you know, work my way up through the minor system and, and go. So yeah. I ended up uh, going to Peoria, Illinois, Peoria <laughs> okay. Riverman in the mm-hmm. East Coast Hockey League. Okay. And I, 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 I tried out and I made the team. And I remember I was, I was, I was 21 years old and I'm sitting there and, and a couple other guys, a couple players off their team got sent down from, like, the AHL. And um, their roster was, you know, there was quite a bit of guys there in Peoria. And I'm like, well, it doesn't look like I'm going to play much. I, I mean, I think I'm just going to go home. So I, I go into the coach's locker room or to the coach's room. And, and I just said, hey, guy, I said, coach, I think, uh, I think I'm just going to head home. And, um, and what? What do, you mean? what do you mean? I said, well, I said, it looks like you got a lot of players here and, you know, I've got my school money. I can go back and go to school and, and play hockey there. And he's like, no, no, no. We got you in the starting lineup here yeah, in a want... few days. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, really? And, and he's like, yeah, yeah. No, we just got some guys, but we're going we're gonna to work things out. You're in. Like, where we got, we want you. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So we, we ended up playing my very first pro hockey game was in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. That is home of Slapshot. That oh, okay, yeah, 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 where yeah, it was yeah, built. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. So for all you hockey fans out there, you you, you would probably know the movie Slapshot. Most of and, them. And um, so that was my very first pro hockey game. Was there at the War Memorial Arena in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, and uh, so I ended up getting a goal and assist that night, mm-hmm. and had a couple points. And my first pro goal was actually set up by um, uh, Carson Cable. Oh, I passed him behind the net. Yeah, there we go. and I buried it in the, in the high slot. So. That was my first uh, point. And then, um, so I ended up, uh, you know, getting off to a good start in Peoria. And then all of a sudden, the guys were great on the team. I mean, they, everything was going well. <laughs> and um, so I made my decision. I was just going to stay and, and not take my school money. Mm-hmm. So 
that's a decision I made, Adam, and um, I met, I ended up make, uh, meeting my wife in Peoria. Yeah, and um, you, you know, life kind of just you know took a different turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, as it um, I played there that year. I played in Peoria the following year uh-huh. and had a couple good seasons there. Um, went to Chicago Wolves camp. Got an opportunity there, um, but just didn't quite get that contract. Yep. And then um, after Peoria, um, I went to Topeka. Yeah. Uh, Topeka started a team in the Central Hockey League. Mm-hmm. So I played there for two years. And then at that point, I, I, was, I already got married. Yeah. And yeah, family. So now I'm like, okay, how much longer am I going to play this? Am I going to keep chasing the dream or, or kind of move on? Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's when I had a job in Peoria and... And the Cable Brothers were getting hooked up to go to Tulsa, and they're like, "Well, why don't you come with us and let's play there in Tulsa?" Did, did, did all uh, did all three of them play uh, for Peoria when you were there, or how many of them were? So my first year in Peoria, it was just Carson, and then um, his brother Butch came on about two months in. Oh, okay. So I okay. played with both of Butch and Carson my first year. Oh, okay. Yep. The second year, Carson went to a different team, and I just played for with uh, with Butch the second year. Okay. Yeah. Clage did not play in. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I did know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then, um, I, you know, fast forward a couple years later, the three of uh, the three of them and then myself went to Tulsa. Yes. And um, it was unfortunate we didn't really get off to a really good start in, with the Oilers. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of close games that we lost. Yeah. I mean, if you win those one goal games, things change, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you know the coach got forced into making some moves. Yep. And because of the record, and so who I, was uh, your coach? Or who was, was their coach? Uh, Gary Younger. Oh, so he yeah. was okay. I didn't realize he was there at the. Yeah. He's been he's been a guest on the show as well. He's oh, he's, the, a, he's a great guy. I oh, really he, like Gary a lot. Yeah, I, I, he, I, I, to be honest with you, I felt like I, I could have. He like I felt like he was only halfway through his story. We have like a two hour long episode, yeah. but you know, it was just one of the, like, and he and yeah. he was just very good. At, oh, he's, very, very good at talking, but he's yeah. uh, he, he's a. Uh, uh, He's one of my favorites. He, yeah. He's done a lot for the Tulsa hockey yes. community, and uh, he's currently, I think, coaching like high school hockey in Tulsa right now. Like, oh, is he? Yeah. Is he back in Tulsa? Yeah, uh, okay. yeah. They're they're playing at the uh, uh, their high school. I guess is playing like a Kansas City league of some sort. Oh, okay. so they're not playing down here. But yeah, he's back in Tulsa. He okay. was working in Banff for a yeah, long time. I say he had a Banff, He was in a Banff Academy or something for years. Yeah, well, he was there, and I think that it was like COVID related. But they like had to shut everything down uh-huh. or whatever it was. So he he moved back to the states. But he has family uh, still in Tulsa. So gotcha. yeah, I think he. Wanted to be a little bit yeah, closer yeah. to them, but yeah, uh, I really like Gary. He's a great man and uh, and great guy. And but uh, like, yeah, I, I mean, I get it. We weren't winning games, and we were cl- losing a lot of close games. And yeah, so there was a few changes that had to be made. And uh, I was one of the guys to get released with, uh, as well as Carson, and mm-hmm. and they brought in some new players. And so, long story short, that was kind of the end of it. I really didn't want to go anywhere else. Yeah, cause, yeah. Because yeah. at that time, it was kind of funny because my my firstborn uh, cross was born. Uh, like right after I got released, yep, uh, in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I was starting a family, and mm-hmm. and so I just we moved back. My wife and I moved back to Peoria, and she's a hairdresser back there. She was uh, cutting hair, and I got a job with Caterpillar. Yep, and I was working, and then and then the following year, I started uh, coaching a Bantam Double A team uh, over in Peoria with our Junior Riverman. Yeah, and um, then the following year after that is when Carson was Carson came down to Dallas and started a hockey program down here. Right, yeah, yeah. Back in, I guess it would have been like 01 or 02. Was this uh, Ice Jets? This was the Ice Jets, yeah. Okay, yeah. Back in 01, 02. Uh-huh. And then, um, so he called me up and he said, hey, would you want to come down to Dallas and coach? And uh, so my my oldest boy, Cross, was just, he's only about six months old. And I'm like, well, man, if I'm going to make a move, do it I'd now. like to, let's do it now. Yeah. And, and my wife's always talked about going south where it's warmer. And, mm-hmm. 
And so I made the trip down here to kind of check it out. And so I, uh, I, I made the decision to come down. And she's like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So we, we came down here in, um, I think it was 02 or 03, early 03 maybe. Yeah. And, um, yeah, been here ever since. Well, it's, so. it, it's, fu- it's funny because there, there are certain things that just kind of like, uh, uh, there are certain things that uh, I feel like for most people in your situation, you know, uh, you, you've played hockey your whole life. You've yeah. lived up north your whole life. But I feel like there's been a few guests of mine that once they get married and they get settled and their wives are around, they're like, all right, we're wanting to really get like warm now. Like we yeah. don't like we're, we're almost we're tired of being cold. We've done that yeah. thing. Uh, let's go ahead and, and move down here. But um, mm-hmm. I do think that it's great. And I, I think that the Dallas Fort Worth uh, hockey community is uh, uh, is is happy that the, all that transpired. But um, with 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 your. You're coaching now. Are are you kind of like a lifer? Are you planning on doing this until you can't uh, move anymore, or what's your because uh, because the, the it's almost like uh, you've been in this so long that only one of two things happens that yeah. this is just your life at this point, yeah. or that maybe you start to think about what you might do outside of hockey. Well, but where are you at now? Are you are you going to continue with this? Or are you getting tired of it? What's going on? Well, I, I'm I'm not, I, honestly I'm not getting tired of it. No, I, mean, I didn't. I, I didn't I, feel I, that I way. I didn't feel that way. I got a passion for the game. I can tell. And I I love kids. I love developing kids um not only as hockey players but most importantly as young men mm-hmm. and um just seeing them succeed and you know get better in life and get better as a hockey player yep. um so I've, I've had the privilege of coaching a lot of high-end players that have that have made it seth you know seth jones and caleb jones and there's mm-hmm. just a lot of kids that are either made pro or or, or college that I've, I've had an opportunity to coach yeah but not not only that but i've had a good impact on just you know seeing kids develop as young men and mm-hmm. and help you know different situations that might have been going on in their lives yeah. uh, back in uh, back in the day so um you know my heart is always to coach high level hockey yeah uh junior hockey major junior hockey pro hockey that's always been my heart yeah. um i knew when i was younger though right that i couldn't make that transition um because of my kids and yeah. my family uh-huh. yep um but who knows? I mean, maybe down the road, there's an opportunity where a uh, door opens yeah. or anything like that. I don't know. Well, um, yeah. I do have contacts in the, in the Western Hockey League quite a bit, but yeah. um, I like where I'm at. I like the city of Dallas. I like, yeah. I like living here. Yep. I love, uh, you know, it's, it's really good. But, I mean... Who, who knows? You know, I, I know that I have passion for the game and I love coaching. So, well, hey, yeah, I know. I know it's probably a tough uh, question to be like, hey, so you're going to do this the rest of your life, right? <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> but at this point, I think that uh, and I, I kind of bring this up on the uh, podcast quite a bit, but it, it just it continuously like brings me joy. Um, and it's one of those things like I don't want to be I don't want to be just the Adam Larson hockey person or hockey coach yeah. or whatever. But if I think about all the ways that I'm positively impacted by coaching and not just coaching, but playing and kind of moving around myself every once in a while, um, those benefits are just because, you know, there there was a few years where I kind of didn't have that. And it's just uh, hockey offers me. Uh, just a certain structure and a certain mm-hmm. schedule and a certain you know and I'm I'm one of those people that kind of needs that yeah. and I feel like it keeps me involved and it keeps me honest and mm-hmm. it keeps me um, you know I almost feel bad for people sometimes that aren't involved in yeah. something like that but I I almost just feel and you must feel this way too but when you give so much to the sport uh, or a certain organization like 
there's people that really kind of like respect and 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 love you for that mm-hmm. and when we talk about that community like it's a community of people that mm-hmm. really do know who you are and what you're about because yeah. they've spent enough time around you sure. and you've um you know but part of that's just being uh, a genuine person from day to day and yeah. i feel like one of the things from being around uh because we talk about the hockey community being small but yeah. one of the, one of one of the things about it being small is is that you can't come in, you can't lie, and you can't deceive. Right. You have to be genuine. That's right. You have to be a genuine person, genuine coach. Yep. And that doesn't mean you can't fail. There's going to be times right. where you fail. Yep. But at the end of the day, th- that that community it'll sniff you out if you're not That's being right. genuine and you don't and you're not really trying to be positivity. Because yep. there there's plenty of coaches that and I talk about this on the yep. podcast quite a bit that enter a certain situation and think just because they played a little pro or did this or yep. did that they come in and they're out within a year yep. and it just and they're on to the next one so the fact that you've been down here for uh, 18 years or so yep. 18 years is that it's where we're at about 18 years. 18 years and uh, like I said I've had I don't know I at this point I think handfuls and handfuls of people say hey. You need to have this guy on. Yeah. Um, I think you're probably doing something okay. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And, yeah, I feel like, I mean, we, we you know, us as coaches, we build our names up. And, and you know, it's it's our character and who we are as people and, and, yeah. and coaches. And, and uh, like you said, 18 years, you don't last doing this yeah. if you're not doing something right. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. um, I've seen some, a lot of coaches down here come and go. Mm-hmm. And, um but there are there's a few of us that have uh, that have been around for a while, and you know my biggest joy, Adam, probably when I see uh, the kids that I've coached because I started down here coaching. My first year, birth years that I coached were nineties. <laughs> we're nineties, so I'm an '86. Uh, so, yeah, so, um, but you know what? My biggest joy is when I see someone like because most of the kids that we coach, they're not going to make it to NHL. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. Not going to yeah. make yeah. pro hockey. Right. Yeah. But. What they are going to remember is their memories mm-hmm. and the impact that you had as a coach. Yeah. And one of the biggest things that I take the joy out of is when I see a lot of these kids who are now, whatever, 24, 25, 26 years old, and they're playing maybe adult hockey at the, at the rinks. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and I run into them or bump into them and they're, they're excited to see me mm-hmm. and they yeah. want to talk and they're like, Hey, how's things going coach? Yeah. To me, that tells me when they're excited to see you, yep. you've done a good job. Yeah, that they they had good memories when when you're with them. Does yeah. that make sense? Oh no, no, it totally yeah. it totally does. And I, you know, obviously, uh, I haven't coached as long as you. I, I hope to. That that is the goal. I, I'm trying to be a lifer if I can. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm in a situation to where um, I'm coaching JV high school yeah. hockey. But what happens is, I, I feel like I bring these kids in. And but then they have to leave like they have to go. And I hope that they make it into varsity and some of these other things. But it's almost like that bittersweet thing when you see them the next year, because they kind of know that I'm not going to be their coach again. And it's just kind of one of those things to where it's like, I hope that they know that. And I think they do that. I still care very much for them. And it's one of those things to where um, it's kind of like a a, a mutual thing. But I, I feel like sometimes the players are are able to kind of move more freely through that. Not saying they don't still care about the coach, but I feel like the coach cares about every single kid. Yeah, for the most part, the the the, the goes through their program, and so sometimes it, it just gets tough. And you're like, man, I I just I miss having this kid on my team, or I miss yeah. you know you like yeah. you miss seeing them around. But then when you do have those interactions, even though they're a little bit more brief. Like yeah. it's just, it's nice. Cause they still call yeah. you coach and they yeah. still like, you know, it's like, yeah. you can still tell that like, Hey, like remember battling and remember yeah. like that's you, right. you've been through it with those kids. Mm-hmm. And, um, I do think that that's one of the things that, uh, I don't know, just excites me about coaching. I thought, I, 
I, you know, I think that I'm a good player, but I think I ended up being just kind of a, a better coach just yeah. because of, of that. Like I like to build relations and, uh, I think that, uh, I think that you do too, Yeah. but I absolutely. think that that's a huge part of it. Um, well, we're getting close on time here. So there's only one more, uh, segment, if you will. Yeah. This is another thing that everybody always has to do. Um, so this is called the shout out. So shout the out. shout out can be anything. It really just has to be positive. Um, some people do, it, it doesn't have to be just one thing. You can do your family. Uh, you could have like a positive coaching mantra. You could have, uh, I always even open, open it up to, you could have like a positive sound, anything that's positive, uh, that you think people will, uh, I don't know. You just, you're, you're, you're pretty much just, and when I say shout out, you don't have to shout out. Like you don't have to shout it, yes. but uh, anyway, I usually just ramble on long enough to give you a general idea of uh, something. But uh, you know, know, people do family, or sometimes they do a little bit coach speech. But uh, anyway, do you have a, a shout out for for the listeners today? Well, I would say, I mean, obviously, it's going to be hockey listeners. Um, you know, for 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 the parents or kids that are out there, and um, you know, not only am I a hockey coach, Adam. But I'm a parent too. Like yep. I'm a hockey parent. Right. I've had my both of my sons go through the the Stars Elite program, yep. and uh, and Tigers program, and my my middle my my younger son went through the Tigers program as well. So I get it as a hockey parent. I, I'm I'm a hockey parent as well. Right. Yeah. So I understand that side of it as mm-hmm. well as the coaching side. And I guess my biggest thing that I would say to the parents would be um, that it's not a sprint. Right, it's, it, yeah. it's a marathon. Right. Uh-huh. And yeah. I've seen a lot of parents where they get their kids and their little Johnny is eight years old and he might be really good or nine years old. And and you can kind of see it in the parents' eyes that they, they think that like little Johnny's going to the NHL yeah. and, uh-huh. and he's he's well on his way. And and when things don't go well, maybe at 10 for that, that little guy or 11, or maybe he's, you know, maybe he's just working through things in his, in his, in his, that season or that career yeah. or that part of the career that, you know, it's like they, they throw everything into it. I just, I would, I would encourage the parents to just, uh, just to be an encourager to their kids, mm-hmm. uh, relax and, and enjoy the journey. Yeah. Um, always encourage them and let the coaches coach and, and let them be developed and, and, uh, and have fun with the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of parents down here where it's become, it's become where some like sometimes I'll see where the parents want it more than the kid. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then the kid ends up quitting hockey oh, yeah. because of it. Yeah. And and they were talented players. Yeah. Like really talented. They could have went far. Right. Uh huh. And yeah. it just it probably got too much at home. Mm-hmm. Too much in the car on the way home from games. Like just just the kid was hearing too much yeah. negativity or yeah. or whatever. So my thing to the parents would be, relax. Yeah. I know that you're spending a lot of time and money and, and effort. I understand that. I, I yeah, you've done it. You've, I, 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 my, my pockets are empty. <laughs> right. I understand. You're walking that. around a little bit lighter after but, your kids but start at playing. At the end hockey. of the day, I, you got to relax. You got to make sure that just your kids working hard and having fun. Yeah. And let the process play itself out. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, it, it'll work its way out to where they're where they need to go and where yeah. they're going to be as a hockey player. Yeah. Um, to the kids, I would say this is that they got to stay focused. Um, it is a, it is a marathon as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be ups and downs throughout every season. Um, don't let your highs get too high and your lows get too low. Yep. Keep an even balance. Uh, that's, you know, that's how you should have it in your hockey career at, at and as in life. Yep. And, um, when you work hard and pay attention to detail and you act right, yeah. 
uh, good things happen. Yeah. And um, that's what I've, that's been my model as a coach is to the, my players is you act right, you pay attention to detail and you work hard yeah. and you be a great teammate. And you know what? Um, good things happen to those players. Stay passionate about the sport mm-hmm. and uh, become a student of the game as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I tell uh, the kids a lot. I only have you for like four or five hours a week. Right. I mean, you're going to have to do more on your own. You're going to have to watch the game. Yep. You're going to have to watch good hockey. You're going to have to be a student of the game. In order to become a high-level player, you're going to have to watch what the high-level players do. Yep. And if you don't, then it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you got to watch a game. you got to be a student of the game. And you got to do extra. Yep. you got to be, you know, you got to have a hockey net at home working on your stick handling, working on your shooting, working on your, your passing and receiving. All yep. those skills that are going to help you get to that next level yeah no yeah Um, but you got to remember that i I just tell them that it's a long haul and there's kids that i've had to cut that were on the stars elite team and then the next year they they weren't quite there and other kids were right but i always say is it's you know it all comes together it's uh you know by my by band of major or midget hockey yeah it all becomes an even playing field then yeah because everyone's matured They've grown up. Do they really want to play the game? Yeah. Uh, all that stuff. Yeah. So if you're a tier two player or maybe you, you were a tier one player in tier two, just keep working. Yeah. Just keep battling. Keep working on your skill sets. And and y- you'll eventually be where you need to be Yeah. Uh, by, by band of major or midget hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and then junior hockey. Yeah. So that's what I would say out to the, to the kids and to the parents. And it's a marathon. Yeah. It's not a sprint. Um, I've seen a lot of kids where they've been good when they're young. Yep. And by Bantams, they were nothing. Yeah. I've seen a lot of kids that were average players at, 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 at squirts. And by Bantams and, P, uh, Bantams and Midgets are like, what happened to this guy? Yep. Well, this guy stuck with it. Yep. Mm-hmm. He just kept his mouth quiet. He went to work. He worked on his skill sets, whatever it was. Yep. And, and then, you know, that kid is playing you know, high level hockey. Yeah. So, well, and then, and then I, cause I think that's, uh, and it's funny because like, I, uh, I'm assuming, or I kind of know that you probably haven't listened to a lot of the episodes, but that's, mm-hmm. we're, we're always trying to kind of like give tips and information to not just players, but to parents about right. like, Hey, like this is a long haul. Um, I always kind of bring this up. Um, if I'm ever having kind of like a moment where I can see that, uh, let's say that there's a parent and their kids have just kind of started playing hockey. Like, let's say uh, he's a U10 or a squirt, whatever, we, whatever we're calling him now. But, uh, and I see just the amount of stress that the parents are going through in that moment. And they haven't even started playing travel hockey sure. yet. You think to yourself, okay, if, if you're really trying to follow through with this, this is a non-sustainable course for you That's because right. you are already so stressed. Yeah. And you, if you're wanting your kid to play through, Okay, so let's say your kid's 10. So you're going to be just be this stressed for another eight years yeah. straight? Like, there, there's a sustainability that yeah. you need to be able to achieve where you are not from the very get-go. Like, I, I really feel like that that 8, 9, 10, you know, 11-year-old yeah. kid, that kid probably is going to figure out on his own how much he enjoys hockey. That's and, right. And, and, and That's he, right. he – because have you ever tried to, like, tell a 9-year-old what to do or a 10-year-old? 
Like they they know what they want to do. Like yes. you can't tell them what they want to do. Like you're gonna be a hockey player. They're like, I'm yeah. nine. Yeah. I don't know what. Like, yeah, that's yeah. Right. That's I don't right. even know what I like to eat for breakfast yet. Like and, and one one of those things that you said, Adam, with the parents being so stressed out and stuff, and you see it as a coach, you see it at the rink. Well, if I, we're seeing it in public, yeah. How do you think it is in private when they're in the car driving uh, home or at at the house? I feel. And yeah. how do you think the nine year old feels? Uh, I mean. It just it's a trickle down effect and they're in that environment yeah and it just ruins them well and, it, and so here's my thing and I, I try and paint this picture is that can you kind of imagine what it would be like for a kid to want to quit something because he's not enjoying it anymore and I, I love hockey everybody loves hockey yeah. but let's say there's he's not enjoying and he's afraid to quit because his parents are too he is essentially being for he's being forced to do something at the end of the day like he knows that he's yeah. not going to follow through with he just feels like he's stuck with that. Like, that's a bad feeling. Yeah. Like, that is not, like, anything. And th- and that's just because of a, uh, not just lack of communication, but that's just it, parents wanting something more for their kids than their kids want. Like, yeah. there needs to be that understanding of, like, you didn't fail. Yeah. Like, let's say, you, you know, and I'm, I love hockey and you yeah. love hockey. Yeah. But let's say at the end of the day, there's a kid that's good at hockey, yeah. plays for a few years. Everybody thinks he's going to be a stud. Let's say one day he pops up and says, hey, I don't want to play anymore. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Exactly. So like, find, out, you know, find out what you want to do. Like, yeah, and then go That's get right. it. Because, go get it. Because the thing is, at that point, he's put that work in. He'll probably be successful at something yeah. else. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's what I don't want for hockey players is mm-hmm. hockey is a game that takes patience, it takes skill, it takes all these things. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, if they get, if they feel like they have to be stuck doing that yeah. because they're good at it, they can probably be good at other stuff. That's right. If they were able to become a good hockey player, it just takes so much work. And so much, just basic skill. It just takes so much. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, like you know, just yeah. they go easier on the kids. They'll be good at something else if they decide to switch it That's up. Right. That's so, right. That's like, right. So yeah, I've over the years, like I said, I've been, a, I'm a parent and I'm a hockey coach, and I've seen, I've seen all sides. I've seen it all. <laughs> right. Well, it, it must be nice though. So any parents like, ah, it's like, no, I get it. Like I, yeah. I've, I've been on this yeah. side of it. Like yeah. trust me, I've yeah. been just as stressed out and as whatever. But yeah. it's about like, it's almost like. I don't want any parents to be stressed out, but it's like, don't put that on the kid. The only thing I would say that I've, I've been as a parent with my kids that I get, um, that I get, you know, not up, you know, disappointed or up, not upset, I guess, is if they're not working hard mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and if they're not being a good teammate and a good, uh, having good character. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Cause mm-hmm. like the things that I've talked about, yep. right. Yep. If those things aren't at the top, mm-hmm. I've got a problem. Yeah. Because as a parent, we're, we're, we're investing this time and money and effort yep. Um, to to put them to get them to the rink and play. Yeah. If they're not going to work their hardest, I've got a problem. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but, but you know what I mean. But yeah. as far as like their game goes and all this other stuff, that's where you just got to let it go as a parent. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. well, it's one of those like I feel like as long as as long as you can see the commitment. Yes. And, and that's all. Like as yeah. long as you can see that if you can see the commitment, it doesn't yeah. work out. It just didn't work out. That's but right. at least you saw the commitment. Like the commitment. you weren't nobody. You know nobody lied or nobody yeah. everybody was still genuine because you that's gave right. it that 100 percent. that's right so that's it's right. just yeah that's all all right well all right we've gone over time which i think is good this is usually a good thing it usually means okay. that there's good conversation which i feel like there was but uh now it's time for my shout out all right Go so ahead. my shout outs i have i've had a bunch of these i think this will end up being episode 74 or 75 something like that but um I, I will say I was working the uh, high school. We had a big high school hockey tournament in Mansfield. And uh, I want to feel I, I really feel like one of the, the silent heroes from a lot of these tournaments are the um, 
who you'd like to call them the the trainers like the ones that come in and once once the kids get hurt um i've kind of gotten to know some of them that have been at the mansfield rink recently and uh, a lot of the times they're like aspiring to like do these awesome things and they're very good at what they do um but they pretty much they sit around in rinks and they freeze for uh eight to nine hours at a time and then uh once a kid gets hurt which doesn't happen very often at all they go out immediately and, and tend to those uh tend to those kids but I just had like a, a few good, really uh, good conversations with some of those uh, uh, some of those people earlier uh, this past weekend. And I uh, want to give a shout out for them because yeah. I feel like just uh, the amount of time that they're able to, um, you know, take to go out there and, and do what they need to do to assess uh, whatever damage has been done. Um, I don't know. I feel like they're uh, and they're kind of doing that like on the side, like they have their own job and they're going to school and all this other stuff. Um, So like, I don't know. I think those are kind of one of those people that kind of add to the sport that nobody really takes time out to shout out. So I'm going to shout them out because they're they're smarter than me. That's what I found out really quickly. I'm like, what about they're like, yeah, that's not a thing. I'm like, well, because what ends up happening is I'm like, can you look at this for me? And they're like, no, like, I'm not going to look at your whatever. Um, but anyway, they're they're very smart, and um, they spend a lot of time just freezing inside an ice rink. So right. my shout out is for the uh, yeah medics, whatever you want to call them, the people that are at the at the games. But uh, anyway, um, Trevor, this has been a great conversation. Yes. Is there anything else that uh, you need to say before we go? Um, I do want to shout out. So uh, hold on, sorry. I do want to shout out New York uh, Pizza Pasta. Uh, family-owned and operated Italian restaurant and bar. This is at one zero 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 nine. MacArthur Boulevard. This is in Irving, Texas. Um, there's a lot of people that go to the Valley Ranch Rink, uh, and if you do, this is like uh, the spot. I hope I'm not blowing up your spot here. Oh no, this am is I blowing up spot. your spot? And a lot of people that come to Valley Ranch, they know they know of uh, Bino and New York Pizza and Pasta. The owner, Bino, is a great guy. Yeah, and we've been coming here for years. It's about a minute down the road from the rink. And a lot of our tournaments that we have, I, I know we're having the 09s, we're having a bunch of teams coming in this weekend. Uh, a lot of these 09 AAA teams will be coming here for, for probably lunch and dinner. I hey. mean, that's a, 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 he, he gets a lot of hockey business, put it that way. Well, I'm sure all these kids are trying to load up on their carbs and just get yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. But he's, he's, he's number one. He's a, he's a great guy, great owner, yep. and great food. Well, hey, so. but this is, how, this is how you get your support right here for sure. But uh, And they've, they've treated us uh, great. Um, this has been really, really good. Um, all right. Well, if you're done, I'm going to go ahead and do my last little bit here. Uh, this is the Matt Taylor list. So this is when I tell you um, all the places that you can check us out. Um, first one is faceoffspotpodcast.com. I'll say that one more time. That's faceoffspotpodcast.com. You can check us out on Spotify, uh, iTunes. Um, you can check us out on Facebook and or Instagram. Um, yeah, I think those are all the places that you can check us out. We do have episodes coming out every Thursday, um, and be sure to uh, like us, uh, subscribe. I don't know. This is a new thing I'm doing. I'm asking you guys to like us and subscribe to whatever it is that we're doing. But uh, anyway, Trevor, thank you so much for uh, allowing me to come and uh, speak with you. I hope that your season goes well. Um, and I always leave it this way. like I hope that at some point we can uh, catch up again. Yeah. Well, thank you, Adam. I appreciate the opportunity to speak. and. Talk about hockey and, and Dallas hockey. It's been fun. So thank well, you. Well, hey, I, I don't think anybody was lying when they're like, oh, he could talk about hockey for an hour. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, but he probably could. But uh, anyway, uh, Trevor, I appreciate you and I hope we can talk again. All right. Thank you. All right. Well, hey, uh, everybody listening, uh, just make sure to catch us uh, every Thursday because we have episodes uh, coming out every Thursday. All right. Later, guys.